Did any of you follow the story of that ship ever given? This, this massive cargo ship with billions of dollars worth of goods on board, and for six consecutive weeks in the middle of the month of uh, earlier this, this month, March, it was completely stuck sideways in the narrow Suez Canal. As you probably saw, they had excavators out alongside the banks of the Suez Canal trying to dig out the dirt and the sand from, from underneath the, the sides of either end of the ship to help make it move. And, and they had these tugboats attached to the, the side of this massive cargo ship trying to, to pull at it. And, and somewhere early on in this whole process of, of getting this cargo ship to, to move, there was a photo taken of the massive front of this ship on the banks of the Suez Canal, and, and then below it, almost the, the size of a thumbnail, was this little excavator trying to dig away the sand to help the ship get free. Well, this photo, it got out, and, and the internet went bonkers, making memes out of this image. One of them read, put, someone put my tasks on top of the massive cargo ship. And then on the dutiful, uh, on, the, on the little excavator wrote, me, dutifully chopping away at my tasks. Another put on the image of the boat, the crushing despair of everything from last year. And then they wrote on top of the little excavator, you, doing your very best. Or still another in a similar vein. My mental health during the pandemic. And then next to the little excavator, it read, going for a walk at lunchtime. These and similar memes, they became wildly popular with people of all backgrounds all around the world. Time and again, there was this shared sense when people saw this particular photo all around the globe saying, isn't that so true? Isn't that just like life? This impossibly big thing, big challenge, the, the weight of it all, and, and us just doing our little part trying to make a difference. And the thing that struck me about the popularity of this story and the, and the many, many memes that were made out of it was that they were, they were really funny. A lot of them, the first time you see them, you might laugh out loud at some of the creativity. But most of them are funny in a way that implies a measure of lament. In fact, the humor was found in the painful truth that many feel. There really are some very big, huge, impossible realities and dilemmas in this world and in our lives. And our response to all of that can and, and sometimes does feel incredibly small, if not, if not entirely futile, given how big it all is. The humor, it almost carried with it this unspoken, very uncomfortable question, does anything we do really make a difference? When you look at the writings of the Apostle Paul, it is clear that when he looks out upon the world, what he sees, among other things, is this massive ship of sin and death that has thwarted and blocked and defeated humanity generation after generation, regardless of how ingenious our excavators, regardless of how well-intentioned our tugboats. 
And we have tried to budge that ship through education, through legislation, through scientific exam, uh, uh, advances, through moral exhortation, and more. And there still sits that ship. But then do you recall how that ever-given cargo ship eventually did get free in the Suez Canal? The essential thing that made it work was the fact that on Monday, March 22nd, there was a full moon which resulted in an extremely high tide of water coming through the Suez Canal and so coming underneath the ever-given and the high tide lifted that, that ship from the sand just enough to dislodge it and free the ship. In other words, the most fundamental reason that this impossibly big ship was moved came about because of something entirely beyond the control of humans. The moon shone, the waters rose. A gift of creation. When Paul looks upon this massive ship of sin and death, what he declares in 1 Corinthians 15 is that the ship has been dislodged by the pure gift of Jesus Christ. He says in our scripture today that Christ died for our sins, that Christ was buried, and that Christ was raised on the third day, which is to say Christ has taken the sins of the world upon himself. Christ has taken the full reality of death upon himself, and Christ has risen from the grave, and so it is Christ who has dislodged and overcome their power. Yes, we still know the realities of sin and death in the world, but at a fundamental level, the light has shone in the darkness, the living water has risen, and this has inaugurated a new heavens and a new earth, as Scripture puts it, where, where sin and death, they no longer hold final and full sway over reality. In Christ Jesus, with Christ Jesus, life and life eternal, they hold final and full sway. I love that the boat, the ship, it's named Ever Given. I mean, what a perfect way to underscore that our ever given reality in Christ Jesus is one in which the ship has been dislodged. This is our reality. Because, and if we know that this is our ever-given reality, it changes everything, doesn't it? Because if you're, if you're an excavator, for instance, you spend your days getting your hands and heart dirty. Getting dirty in the trying realities of, of relationships or politics or teaching kids of all temperaments and interests and abilities. Or you spend your days getting your hands and heart dirty trying to move the ball forward on a just cause, a good cause. Or trying to forgive another. Or caring for patients with all kinds of complications. Or caring for the widow or the orphan, the foreigner or the poor. If you spend your days as an excavator, doesn't it make all the difference in the world if you know that the light has shined, the waters have risen, and the boat has been dislodged. 
For then we are confident that, yes, this work is messy, this work is slow, this world is full of trial and heartache and pain, but this work is not in vain. Sin will not have the final say in your interior work or your exterior work, nor will death triumph, not ultimately, for the boat will move. The boat is moving. And if you're a tugboat, you're one who spends your days trying to pull away from and know a freedom from certain some failings, certain hindrances, certain addictions. Or you spend your day trying to pull away from forms of, uh, and pull others away from forms of, of injustice or, or apathy or, or callousness or, or hatred or, or, or greed or, or judgmentalism. You, you pull that there, that there might be a new openness. A new forgiveness, a, a new freedom, a, a new space for the overlooked and the underappreciated, a new, a new breath of, of life. If you spend your days a tugboat pulling to open that kind of space, doesn't it make all the difference in the world to know that the light has shone, the waters have risen, and the boat has been dislodged? Doesn't it make all the difference to know that, yes, this work is weighty and tiring and absolutely at times exasperating, but it is not in vain. Fundamentally, this work will not be lodged in sin. Death will not triumph over this work, not ultimately. This boat will move. This boat is moving. This really is the logic of Paul's entire argument in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He spends 57 of the 58 verses of that chapter talking about the central truth that, that Christ Jesus is risen from the grave. There is a new heavens and a new earth in which the powers of, of sin and death are no longer the centered, anchored realities. What we have this day is life and what we have for all eternity is life. The boat is moving and life is flowing. And after making that abundantly clear as, as the most fundamental truth in which we live our reality in here and out there and throughout all of creation, both now and forevermore, Paul tells the church in 1 Corinthians this. Chapter 15, verse 58, the very last verse of all of it. Therefore, because all of all I've just said about this new reality in which we lived, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The boat will move. The boat is moving. As exciting and joyful as it is to gather for worship on Easter morning, I do remain mindful that those ship and excavator mems make it clear that there is also for many a deep underlying lament to much of reality in this season of life. This past year in particular has made it all the more clear just how divided we can be, just how precarious some of our jobs can be, just how violent we can be. Just how uncertain our future as a country. Just how uncertain the, the future shape of the church in America 
And then, of course, we're carrying with us any variety of personal and familial challenges layered in and amongst all of that. And, and what we then proclaim on Easter Sunday is, is then, I think, quite urgent and needful good news. For we proclaim that, yes, the ship is real, the ship is absolutely huge. And the ship has been dislodged at its most foundational point. In Jesus Christ, the powers of sin and death are no longer fundamentally entrenched realities holding us or our work. And we, the church, we give witness to this hope. We give witness to this fact that, that Jesus is alive and working at the world. Quite simply, by giving ourselves fully to the digging and the pulling, to the working and the praying, to the work the Lord has done given us to do. And we do our work with an unyielding hope, a, a, a genuine joy, because we are held in this fundamental conviction that the light is shining in the darkness. The water of life is rising, and the captives have been set free. Christ is risen. Thanks be to God. Amen.